Hey guys, welcome to episode 201. Whoop, whoop. Ugh. I, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever done that before. I certainly won't be doing it again. Uh, my, <laughs> my boys of summer... Uh, kicking off officially, of course, we had the Hacheris episode. I hope you guys uh, went and checked out the Thermal's new album. Uh, but this is our official start to the Boys of Summer. I even waited until after Memorial Day. I felt uh, very adult and professional. Um, and uh, uh, I am so excited to uh, get into some gents for, for the time being. I want to get some shout outs out into the world. Um, I want to thank uh, Kevin for your awesome Boy of Summer recommendation. Um, I want to thank Jennifer and Ryan for your emails, Clay for your recommendation. And then I just wanted to throw out there that Hutch actually recorded himself singing a little bit of Boys of Summer for me because my completest um, sickness caused me to be very uh, sort of agonizing over the fact that I didn't have him singing Boys of Summer. So uh, Katie actually went and and added that to his episode, as far as I know, and uh, that was Whitley shaking herself. And um, and so you can hear it there uh, and, uh, and consider that sort of a re-release of the episode. Um, and uh, I think that's it, guys. Uh, enjoy the episode, and I will uh, talk to you soon with more Boys of Summer in store. Now entering Nerdist.com. What if I just had, what if I revealed to you, this is how we podcast, by the way. Okay. We're on. We're, uh, we're on. What if I, what if I really only had like dogs for work? Like I get that people in Los Angeles have dogs for fun, but we're a working households. So my dogs till the soil, like, <laughs> like they pull a plow like or something. Like beasts of burden. Your like dogs beasts of are burden, beasts of burden. Yeah. Pack dogs. Yeah, but, if I needed to ride one of them to the store. Oh, and you have some with just little like saddle bags yeah. that you can send as messengers. Oh, yeah. This God, doesn't sound so great. bad. I've, you have, you have, I have a cat. You have a cat. Okay, that's, yeah. I knew you had something. I'm not, is it a work cat? It is, yeah. It's a work <laughs> <laughs> Your cat, I think, types up all your school papers. <laughs> My cat does most of the things that come out as me product. Yeah. That's the big secret. A lot of people don't know. That's but really great. What a great cat. She's really vocal. She could talk as much as I could. Is she very vocal? Too vocal, yeah. Like at the wrong times, at 5.30 in the morning, oh, 4.30 in the morning, yeah. or late at night. Could you impersonate her meow? Mm-hmm. She's, she has a vocabulary. I don't know exactly what the things mean. I'd love but, for you to f- okay. uh, co- complete as many as you can. Okay, so she's half Maine Coon, so... She's very high pitched. When you open a a can of food, she comes running, but she's kind of heavy. So her mass exerts more air out of than I think she intends. (laughs) So her meows go in rhythm with her steps. It goes, and it ends on an up note. It goes. (laughs) That's the first one. That's really good. I didn't know that I was asking you to do something you're clearly very skilled at. Well, I've had a lot of time yeah. talking with her. If she's sleeping and you give her a little pet. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And then there are the horrible ones when <laughs> she's like, we're sleeping or a door is shut. If, if there's ever, Amanda and I are ever separated in the house 
and she can't keep both of us in her eye line, yeah. meaning like I don't know which one to bother for food. Yep. She freaks out. Uh-huh. So she's just like <laughs> It's like that horrible mating sort, uh-huh. but a little higher pitched. Yeah. And then and then oh <laughs> When Amanda picks her up, she'll do something that sounds so much like a no. She'll go, no. <laughs> You'll see, probably. Oh, that's so satisfying. Yeah, yeah. I, one of my dogs is a husky, and uh, they do that thing, which I didn't know that she did until maybe a full year after she came to live with me. I, want, I was going to say I rescued her, but that really... It's tough, man. That's a tough statement because certainly someone rescued her. I did not pull her off the street, oh, nor did I pull her out her of a burning a... building or like a sinking ship. Like someone briefly fostered her after the rescue, and yeah. then you took her. Yeah, that's yeah. so she's a rescue. That's most, how Margot is. Dogs cat, and cats same are. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it would be. I feel like that should be the assumption now rather than like it should be the exception that you're like when I paid five thousand dollars for my full bread, you know, so and then like a cue angry yeah. letters. Yeah. Um, but we all still kind of want to throw out there because part of that has to do with, I guess, the sort of like what the origin story of your dog is or your cat is. If you don't know it and their behavior may have something oh, right. to do with that, then there's this sort of like it gives you the chance to kind of explain that or go, well, listen, I don't know. She yeah. was five when I got her. It's a mystery. <laughs> but she is like she was she never did it and then about a year in she started doing this husky thing that you see all the time on youtube i'm not even on youtube but people send me videos of huskies because they know, know i have is. one and they're very talkative like she never barks never 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 barks at anything but when she wants to go on a walk or when she's hungry um she does this like sort of weird like it's this like it, a very what? guttural talking. And so people will put videos of their huskies on <sighs> YouTube because it sounds like they're saying like, I love you. Like it's very Scooby-Doo. That's enough of. to make me a dog person. I yeah. Think. She's ridiculous. She's ridiculous. I, I do huskies shed. Oh God. Gorley. I vacuumed oh, you've done a two days job. ago and all over the, see all those fluffs oh, already. Do, yeah. Two days ago I vacuumed. Well done, I guess I, I guess. Yeah. It's tough. Does yeah. your cat shed? No, she doesn't, but, but um, she pulls hair off her. She's grooming herself all the time, so there'll be little clumps, Like, but there's not that thing where it's just a soft blanket of downy fur. That's pretty much what this is. But Amanda does this thing <laughs> most every night called ferminating. Oh, or, yeah. Oh, I've a got ferminator? a ferminator. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it's doing that's different. Is it like there's some... There's some promise of it like getting down to some under hidden layer that's what of it hair says. that's what it says but she pulls mounds of oh, the yeah. softest like yeah. it's as soft as angora or yeah. something i feel like She's we should be making sweaters out of i know this. i have two there is a i think for comedic effect we haven't done anything with it yet but there's like a two buckets of fur packed tight in from a 30 minute session of ferminating with Whitley. Should start marketing pillows oh stuffed God, with our pets fur. Out of control. <laughs> there I do have that um that moment frequently, especially for some reason with two dogs, it's so much more comedic to me than one dog. And I've talked about this before on the podcast, but it, about like twice a month, suddenly I'll just be sitting on the couch watching television and the dogs are like last night they were they were sort of they were like 
borderline the crazy demon dogs in Ghostbusters. Uh-huh. Like they were both sort of mirroring each other, <laughs> at, you know, as the gateway to the television. And I just had that moment that comes to me, uh, you know, on a regular basis. It's like, this is absurd. Yeah. Who are these creatures? They're not human beings. I think about that with our cat, that the only thing stopping her from murdering us is size. It's yeah. in her nature to kill. She's a predator. Yeah. She doesn't love us. She depends on us for food. So she, we have that relationship. Right. But, you know, Amanda read this thing that freaked her out once, that if you were to die and be left alone with your pet, dogs will wait like a week or 10 days before they eat you. But <laughs> cats, basically, you got a day oh, at God. the most and they're eating your face. So and so she, she has this, she was somehow told this. And so she has this fear that when Margot comes up to us when we're sleeping, that Margo's, she might mistake you. for Well, death. she's checking for our breath uh-huh. to see if we're yeah. still alive. That's a whole thing. The whole cat's, <laughs> cat's breath, cat's stealing a baby's breath. I don't know. I saw a movie from, from yeah, the 80s that involved familiar. a cat yeah. leaning into a baby sleeping and you sort of see the cat open what movie its mouth was that? and yeah, it, was, it wasn't the, the Legacy, movie. was it? Do you remember that movie, Legacy? This movie was called Cat's Eye. Oh, is that a Stephen King Might have joint? been. I don't know. It definitely is. It was one of those anthology movies like Tales from the Dark Side okay, yeah. or The Twilight Zone. Um which, by the way, there's a description. When I first started on Twitter, I was like, what do people do on this? <laughs> which now has been many years. But at the time, it felt like everyone had been on Twitter forever, which was kind of true. And so I just got into a habit of tweeting just images of like DirecTV's descriptions of movies. <laughs> because sometimes they're so weird and bad, like what they choose to say. Uh-huh. And that one was one of my favorites because it, was, it felt like they were so pressed for time and space. That they were like, because uh, it, it was a Twilight Zone, the movie, you know, which yeah. is kind of maybe a long title, and that's why. Yeah. But all it said was like, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't remember each and every one, but it was like four stories: trickster, oldsters, man on a plane, <laughs> da da da, and that was it. That's all it said. <laughs> Old girl, girl with no mouth. Yeah, man yeah. loses head. <laughs> yeah, oh. oldsters. Oh my oldsters god, oldsters. Was the real highlight. Youngsters and oldsters. Youngsters oh, and oldsters. God. Apparently, oldsters is a thing, which I only found out from those descriptions. But yeah, those those horror anthology movie or the sort of yeah, I guess they were horror um, that came out. I feel like right around the same time where yeah. so, where that was like a thing that was okay. That's not a thing that we really see much anymore. There's right? a new version like of it, stories. like A disease of horror, whatever that's called. And um, is it on the Chiller Network? No, these were like released theatrical release. Oh, really? And they short were short horror short... anthologies. Oh, I didn't know There's this. Another one too. Oh, what is it? Ah, uh, I can't remember. A to Z makes it sound like they're providing 26 I think short so. films. Yeah, they okay. are. Yeah, but there's one that I think is less, like four found footage films or something like that. A through one. D. <laughs> yeah. Do you, or they found one. footage. Interesting. Yeah. Do you like horror movies? I have a tenuous relationship with horror movies. I do, do like them, but I, I had a bad fright when I was a kid for a horror movie. And uh, it uh, so... Amanda loves them, so I like the experience of watching them, but I do get legitimately... Yeah. I hate jump scares. I mean, and how could I not films. ask you what your uh, I just was, terror was? My babysitter made me watch Halloween with the lights off when I was about, oh. I don't know, five, four, five, or six yeah, or something. that's really scary. And that house is now near where we live. It's in South Pasadena, but we live, we live in Pasadena, but it's very close to South Pasadena. I get my hair cut across the street from the Michael Myers house, so I'm always oh. just getting my hair cut. 
looking over at the house. It's now <laughs> it's weird. It's been moved down the block and renovated, so it's kind of oh wow, they picked colored. it up and yeah. moved it. Yeah, and it's kind of has like a glossy, brightly colored Victorian look. So it's like a Disneyland Main Street house now. But just knowing that's where young Michael Myers killed his sister. Sure, yeah, it is. But do you feel? But listen, we joke. We have a yeah. good time. We have fun. But do you feel a legitimate sort of creepy feeling about it? Is it that? that is it movie. that ingrained? But but that house. Oh is yeah, there, because mm-hmm. you know obviously that it was not like that's not even yeah. that's not even a movie that was based on anything was no it? it was like the first real slasher popular slasher movie yeah yeah um yeah so i, I it was before my age of critical thinking so i'm still left with this like visceral feeling of yeah. fear from it in that's fact i'd I, yeah. say that movie probably is what gave me my critical thinking because i had to like find a, a way to understand that that wasn't real yeah yeah know? yeah yeah the two for me um are uh, poltergeist for sure i saw way too young yeah and not just way too young but at someone's house that i had never been to before oh, i'm sure that's... i've talked about this on the podcast before but my mom dropped me off at some woman who just like was part of the mormon church so it becomes this kind of i mean maybe she had a relationship with this woman yeah i certainly didn't it was like that's oh my mom enough. had to go out of town it, it's also nebulous like yeah. she had to for some reason go out of town i guess my dad couldn't take me she dropped me off at this strange person's apartment and she this person had a daughter who was older than me and the daughter kept me up the whole night like feeding me sugar and stuff in the middle of the night we got up and like they had cable and she put poltergeist on and i watched it just wired at like three o'clock in the morning and i was you know it was whenever poltergeist first came out probably on I don't remember how old that movie is, but it was definitely like, oh, it's on. So it's and and uh, and I never would have been allowed to watch. I mean, it was very little and I was traumatized. The scariest part about that for me, I think, is having to watch that at a place you didn't feel comfortable. I didn't know it. I used I to hate I already was yeah. like crazy homesick and weirded out. And then oh. I watched that on top of that. And then the other thing for me was um, was A Nightmare on Elm Street. I didn't know when the first one came out, I was really little um, and the I, the concept of it, hearing about the concept of it was so terrifying to me that I started having nightmares about this movie <laughs> yeah. that I had never seen. Oh. <laughs> so it was my worst fear. My worst fear was this movie I had never seen because every time I went to sleep, I was like, oh, for sure, I'm going to die in my sleep. Oh, God. And so it, I, I turned it into such a huge thing of fear that when I finally saw the movie years later, I was like, oh, this is charming. Yeah. Because nothing it's a camp is as scary movie. as, yeah, it's particularly not that. I did that with Halloween because I, I also, when it was happening, when we were watching it, I was so afraid that I didn't want to watch it. But the rest of the house was dark. My sister was there, too, and they were watching it. So I would sit in the doorway. So I actually heard a lot of the movie. I didn't see it. And so I did the same thing. I didn't watch it for years. But I had had recurring nightmares oh, and yeah. all of these things that I had made up about the movie that didn't exist. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I once had to stay at a friend's house for the night. I mean, it was under the guise of like, come sleep over at my house. We're buddies. But I didn't know him that well. And I didn't know his family. And there was nothing bad that happened. But it was just different than the way my family works. So I was left with this weird feeling like they bought me a Battlestar Galactica action figure, which was great. Yeah. But then when they put us to bed, both of his parents, and they're, again, like this sounds kind of creepy, but it wasn't. They meant well were just so sweet that they tucked me in and both kissed me on the forehead <laughs> and were trying to make me feel so comfortable that I was just like, oh, that's so, it was so strange. And like, I want to say that the other boy, that their son was already asleep. And so I was just kind of like, I don't need this kind of special <laughs> Is this attention. where I live now? 
Did these people kidnap me and make me their son? <laughs> Have you always been my mom? Yeah. <laughs> where was this? Where where did this uh where did these people kidnap you? <laughs> <laughs> this was in my neighborhood in East Whittier. I grew up in Whittier mm-hmm. near the Woodwood Mall. Mm-hmm. Nixon Land, where he grew up, kinda. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, just like as suburban Wow, shout out to that mall. I you that was said as though I would know what it was. No one would. It's yeah. gone now. And now it's like a big outdoor you know, complex with Target and all that stuff, but it yeah. was a, an enclosed mall. I love because I lived a block away from the Woodward Mall. That's, that's very convenient for a young person. It was, and they had sure. two toy stores. Ooh. That one was called Vicky's Toy Town, which was this run by these angry old people that hated kids. Sure. And the best toys were in the back where it ironically got darker as you uh-huh. went. And so it was like, it took courage to go look at the best toys. Yeah. And they always thought you were stealing things. Yeah. And, but I would walk up there every day. It was a block away. I would go by myself and just walk around the mall. I think because it's sometimes like... I'm not really teaching anymore, but when I did, I would get to wherever campus I was teaching and I would be early because of traffic, 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 traffic. So I would just, just go walk around a mall near the school. Wait, was the second toy shop owned by, was it like the opposite? Was it, it was, was the op- it was, like, yeah, it was more of a, <laughs> I don't know what that would be. It was owned by children. <laughs> they, elves. they would give their toys Santa's away. Elves in the off season. They had to get work. <laughs> Uh, it was kind of a, a more uh, anonymous toy store, but like sloppy, and I don't think the owners worked there, so it was just like teenage employees. And, yep, yep. But somehow Vicky's Toy Town got the best stuff, and they were so expensive. They were way more expensive than anywhere else, but I didn't live near a Toys R Us, so I had to get my mom to drive me somewhere to get something that yeah. at Toys R Us, but I would go in there, and they had this like glass display case of metal cap guns and handcuffs and things oh like that, my. and I would just sit there and covet this stuff. And, yeah, no kidding. And they would just watch. Oh, it was an old man. I say Was any part of it collectibles? Was that like, could that have been part of it? Those kind of things where, were. Where it is, where you sort of start walking this tightrope where... They do like mm. hobby stuff and Not toys. Exactly. No, it, it was, was pretty much toys. like manufactured. I'm so curious. Toys. I wish we could find these people. And I do too. In that's fact, like such I've an interesting asked about sort of, this. Yeah, Vicky's Toy Town is. I'm sure it was only one place. It wasn't yeah. a franchise, and it was always one older man. And I always thought he was old, but he was probably 50s or 60s. Yeah. But and two older gray-haired women, and I never knew Hi. if one of them was Vicky. Yeah, who Vicky was. Yeah, but the man seemed to run things and. I don't know if he was named after a daughter. And so it disappeared long before the mall ever did. And I've only met a couple people that remember this place, but it's like the formative place, like my Joseph Campbell's myth place. Yes, where I like yes. accept the challenge to walk far back into the it store. It's darker. Yeah, and that's it's where really all like the bikes picture. were. And yeah, it was amazing. Aye, aye, aye. God. And so you had the also, how far is Whittier away from Anaheim and that, that um, kind of? Well, it's it's about... 20 minutes from Anaheim. It's about 40 minutes from here. Okay. So just east. It's right on the edge of LA County. So it goes Whittier and then La Habra and then you're in Orange County. And brothers and sisters? I had an older sister and then later my mom remarried and I had two younger brothers, half brothers, but I grew up with all of them. So they're like, you know, full siblings to me. Were you, how old were you when the, your half brothers were born? I was 12. Okay. Uh, yeah. Jun- yeah. Junior high. And then my mom wasn't married, but she and her boyfriend got pregnant and she was in her mid 40s oh wow yeah when she had both of them oh wow yeah, yeah. that's something i mean that must have been like the rarest thing in the world i know was that think, weird for you when you were in junior high to be like hmm, I'm gonna i guess be but I, yeah i had no real precedent so i just thought you know all right you know yeah. what am i what can i there's nothing i can do about it yeah um and then my stepdad was 11 years younger than my mom too oh i so, love yeah, this I, this is very racy <laughs> i know i know and uh 
then my brothers came along and they're just fantastic. I adore them, you know. And uh, are they? But they're not twins. No, but they're Irish twins. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. She was. Listen, she found someone great. When did your parents split up? When I was seven. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was all very amicable. And my dad just moved about five minutes away so that we could see him, I don't know, a couple times a week and stuff. And so, and yeah, they never like had a court battle. In fact, I look back at my dad and I think, wow, if I ever get divorced, that's the way to do it. <laughs> no, just, I know. It's funny when, yeah. when, it's funny when something that is traumatic on some level <laughs> that you still look at it as setting a good example for whatever yeah. that tragedy or trauma might be. It's crazy. God, I, I really hope I handle death the same way my I, blank did. You're <laughs> like, oh, all right. Well, that's grim, but yeah, it makes sense. He, you know, like taking whatever the factors were of their divorce out, you know, and I think there were on both sides, they probably had reasons for. Well, maybe separating. that's part of it, right? Yeah. Is when both people have some ideas, because my parents were the same way when really? they split. I think they were both really broken up about it. Like they knew it had come to that, but neither one of them was like, it's all so-and-so's fault. Yeah. I just shook my fist like an old man who runs Vicky <laughs> toys in my, oh, in case anyone's wondering what be, I did. Gotta be you, if you hadn't divorced me. <laughs> all three of those people have got to be dead. And who were then? What was the relationship one to the other? Like, I don't. That's like the other three thing. Three creepy siblings. Was he married to both of them? I have I think no idea. They were idea. just carefully guarding their marriage secret, and they just were worried every time someone walked into the oh, store. Yeah, what if they, they were like out? fundamentalist Mormons that were married to each other? But then I'm also worried that I'm doing the Halloween thing, where I've contrived some of these things in the intervening years, where probably some of this isn't true. I've made some of it up. Please, but I do I think a it's podcast real. about like essentially childhood and teenage years. And I have said so much on this podcast. I am waiting for someone I grew up with to go, what? you know, you're wrong about like <laughs> 10 things and it makes me feel really uncomfortable. But can they be trusted? Cause we're all doing it. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Whose memory is more right? I know. It, that's all subjective. I guess. I've even looked at Vicky's toy town up online and uh, I've only found like a, I think it was like, like a Vicky's Woodward tour town closed in the fifties. <laughs> if you ever where was there, I going? There was some message board. I want to even say it was about the Whitwood Mall where people was like, "Oh, I remember Vicky's toy town," <laughs> so but amazing. nobody had any. The internet facts, houses you know? everything. I know, and I went when this mall was closing down, like probably ten or fifteen years ago. They were going to raise it to the ground. I thought, oh, I better go back there because I have such nostalgia for this sure, place. Sure, sure. And I remember. It, it was originally an open-air mall, and then they closed it in the late 70s, and then they did this grand reopening, and they did this thing where a skydiver, two skydivers landed in the parking lot. <laughs> and so I was there, and I went Great. to the management office 10 or 15 years ago when it closed down, and they had big framed photos of that event, and I saw myself as a little kid where the little... Uh, skydiver guy was coming down and it was incredible and I was you know and I should have asked somehow if I could you were get in that. the picture yeah because yeah, I was so there cool. bowl headed kid oh yeah that's where I saw Boba Fett and Darth Vader they did a, like an Empire Strikes Back promotional thing where they just walked through JCPenney and Darth Vader was like five feet tall that's, but they had like the professional listen, costume. <laughs> this sound. This is what. Now I could be totally wrong about this. So you have to tell me, and maybe you won't know because it was just your reality. But yeah. with your perspective now. To me, what this sounds like is, like, I'm from Tucson, Arizona. Yeah. That's a city. It's not a small city. I feel like it was like 700,000 people then. It might, But it's also a city that for some reason seems to not get that much bigger. All uh -huh. the kind of surrounding areas grow, right? But the kind of population of the yeah. city seems similar. But we were we wouldn't have had something that quote-unquote sophisticated 
so what 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 my brain is trying to do right now is to go okay this is a city this is a mall that was just close enough to the los angeles you know kind of like showbiz world that it wanted to have whatever its version of that was like it was important to have some version of it but it was just podunk enough that it would be like the five foot darth vader does that ring true for you or am i okay because it's funny growing up in whittier there was no sense of the entertainment industry there whatsoever. Yeah. Just nobody Does it still feel like that? that? Yeah, yeah, nobody... Because yeah. it's just far enough where it's not feasible to work yeah. there. It's 40, 45 minutes away. So it was kind of all or nothing. And it's just as suburban as you can be. 50s tracked homes, mm-hmm. middle class. It's so solidly middle class. Um, yeah, you, you're probably right. It probably has that feel of like, we can we understand a little of that language, so let's make some of it happen. But we're not yeah. going to go all the way in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Disneyland is like sort of you know. Then you sort of have the amusement park, like yeah. child extravaganza. That's right. Uh, yeah. Imaginative, you know, kind of that world down there too. What uh, was your What was your high school like? Did it you was, go to public school? Yeah, I did, and I I went to a richer high school just because I was in that district. So I was living. Below what's called below Whittier Boulevard, which is really middle class, and mm-hmm. then above Whittier Boulevard is this place called Friendly Hills. Oh my that's god, kinda, come on! I know, and it's pretty upper class. Um, Friendly Hills, that makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah. It's great. And my dad moved up there my junior year of high school, I think. But I lived at my mom's, and then I went to this really wealthy high school that was in the hills, and it was like pine and fir trees it was a beautiful school and it was an open campus when i went there i think it's fenced off now but um then they had this group of hispanic students to enrich the whole campus but they didn't speak english and their name for them was expanded horizons is what they called everybody and uh so it was this kind of mixed high school which is great and um i ended up becoming friends with a lot of them especially because our only classes that would cross over were pe and they They would first, I think, because it was uh, me and this guy named Freedom Fisher were the only white kids in our PE class, and because everybody else played sports, yeah, you didn't have to do PE. Oh, if okay, you didn't play yep. sports, and I didn't play sports, so it was yeah. me, me and this really skatery guy named Freedom Fisher. Freedom Fisher, and the rest were these Spanish-speaking students, and uh, at first they would kind of make fun of us. And I knew they were cursing at us, so I would just repeat the curse words back uh-huh. to them. And we became, we became such good friends, but we only spoke in Spanish curse words. Like, hey, chute madre, pichijoto. And then we would high five and a hug. And by the end, we were just fast friends. I miss those guys. How did... <laughs> How did... We... So these kids that were ESL, because I went to a school, too, where there were a bunch of ESL kids and a bunch of SSL kids, Spanish second language, and we would have classes together, and then certain class, and then at a certain point every week, um, you would go off to, and be taught only, like for me, I would be taught only in Spanish for a certain part Whoa, of the day. we never and had that. The, the Hispanic kids would be taught only that. in English for a certain part of the day, so we'd be learning those languages. I took German, so I was so far away from that. Yeah, <laughs> but, but like, I guess, I. but now that I think about, this is the most uh, ignorant thing I can possibly say, but I'm curious. Like for me, the elementary school kids, I could that sort of made sense to me that, and we the school was in a barrio, and it was like you know um, Tucson is very close to the border. But the idea of this sort of you know upper class high public high school in Whittier having a bunch of Hispanic kids who didn't speak English, 
I'm curious, like where they came from? How where did they go to school up till that? I'm not point? entirely like, what's sure. The story, That's know? a good question. I, Whittier is really a big, long city, and it's not really near any freeways. So um, West Whittier is a little bit more working class, I guess. Um, and they must have come from there, I would think. But it was funny because they all dressed nicer than us, but in a but different culturally. So we were all dressed very casually as you do in high school and they would be wearing like loafers, nice jeans and nice members only jackets. Mm. They they like some of them would wear like blazers and stuff like that and they they put much more attention to their appearance and it was like very yeah. very nice. Um but then they had like separate homecomings and prom queens. Oh, and wow. Kings. So it really it was, was almost like two was, separate schools. Yeah, felt, when I look back on it, it's very segregated yeah. and strange. We didn't, PE was the only crossover and that was it. And there was even, I think there was like class president and then expanded horizons class president. So wow. it really was separate. That's strange. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't think we would have that at all. Today. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I can't think of a, a, an example of that now because everything is like a charter school where it's, really integrated yeah. or it doesn't exist at all. Yeah. It seems like that's the kind of the purpose of it. Yeah. Oh man. I'm... But when you, but when you knew that they were cursing at you and stuff, you rather than be intimidated and just like be quiet, were you a little sassafras when you were a teenager? Were you, I was, I was tiny in high school. I was about five feet when I started high school. And then that for most of it. And then my senior year, I grew close to a foot. My senior did year. Did you have actual growing pains? Yeah, I did. Yeah. 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 I feel like I still do. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I think it was my instinct to never like to play the fool, to play the clown. I, yeah. cause I had, was class clown for better or for worse. And I'm sure it's for worse. Uh-huh. Junior high. <laughs> and so I was just ready to, to do that. And I think they were probably disarmed by that. There was no confrontation. I had just embraced it. And then I would say it back to them, but I would not in a mean way. Right. And they, they were first as laughing at me. If you didn't sure. know that they were cursing at you, you would be friendly as if like, I think they're trying to talk to me and say hi. It's a yeah, joke. I would. As exactly. if it was, yeah, I get and that. And I would it's say it back and for sure they were laughing at me at first, but then over time, I think they realized, oh, he knows what right. we're saying to him, even yeah. if he doesn't know the literal meaning of every curse word. Yeah. And then it became this like shorthand language we have where I would call them that and they would call me that. And then we would, I think, I want to say my name was Pinchy. <laughs> like, that's the name they would call me. And I would call them Joto back. <laughs> call Something like that. And they're just these like well dressed Hispanic <gasps> students. Uh, it was hilarious. And That's then by amazing. the end, we were all playing football together. Oh, great. yeah? When you had your growth spurt? Or were you playing when you were a little? No, I mean, just in PE. Oh, in PE. <laughs> I wasn't, I, did you ever play sports? Even I after played soccer when I was younger, yeah, for quite a like, while. Like, but not in, not in high school or in? No, I. Freshman or sophomore year, I went out for soccer, but it was all the Hispanic students, and the coach didn't even speak English, so I never got to play. I hmm. just sat on the bench the whole time. <laughs> oh, you were so you were in, but just sitting and watching. Yeah, and I want to say that's because we had a language barrier. But I look back at it now, but I bet I wasn't so good. <laughs> that wasn't a all racial five thing. Feet of you? Was, Come on, uh-huh. soccer doesn't work well. I guess it's good if you have long legs and you can run fast. I was great when I was young. I used to play club soccer and all star soccer and all that stuff. But I could imagine in high school. By the time I got to high school, I was nowhere near what the rest of the players were. Yeah, and yeah, probably. And I probably knew I didn't want to be there. I think I was just doing it thinking oh i'm supposed to play a sport my sister did my friends do in fact i even remember being on like organization soccer when i was a kid and playing club soccer and then i got this call once where the coach said all right 
we're up. We want you for the next season. You're in, right? And I went, wait, it's my choice? Yeah. And I asked my mom, it's my choice? And they're like, yeah. And I went, okay, no thanks. And yeah. that's it. And then I never played another sport. <laughs> it's funny how much of that we just assume... I mean, I've talked to people on the podcast who... I feel like I just recently talked to someone. It might have been like Tawny Newsom or Eliza or someone, but <clears throat> some all these like people who are super smart in high school who... I shouldn't say all of these, but certainly recently there was someone who was like, yeah, you know, I graduated a year early because I was able to take all these uh, AP courses. And so by the time I was, you know, 16, I was getting ready to graduate. And what I remember commenting um, on that podcast was I just had no sense of that kind of choice when I was that age. I just wasn't thinking that way. I wasn't like, what are my options for graduating a year early or anything like that? It was sort of, this is why this is my job. I show up and go to this job every day. It's you know, funny. whatever rules I can break within that parameter, but never like to the extreme of, oh, I can control right. X, Y, and Z of this. I never knew that. In fact, I, I was, God, I can't express how middle class I was because even in my education, it was like, oh, don't take the remedial classes, but don't take the college or oh, the, really? the honors classes. You take college prep. Like you, you will, us Gorleys, we're always straight down the middle. <laughs> <laughs> And even then, I I wanted to go. My two best friends both went to USC, one because he was pretty wealthy and one because he could get financial aid because he was not wealthy at all. And we were so middle class that I couldn't get into USC. So I only applied to Cal State Long Beach. I went to Cal State Long Beach. I got my master's <laughs> and my bachelor's there. It was so just go to a state school. And I yeah. never questioned it for a second until I think I got out of college and I went, wait, I guess I could have taken uh. honest classes. But being honest... In high school, I don't think I would have been yeah. ready for him. Taking you know? on all this kind of... I was too much of a, like, try to get away with the least amount of work possible. You, you know? were. Yeah. What, so. what were your enthusiasms, if not schoolwork and PE? Definitely theater and art and, yeah, all of, you know, visual design and all that stuff and playing and just goofing off. And I had this youthful, like, carpe diem extrovert thing going on that I have not had in years. And I don't consider myself an extrovert in any way, especially like personally, it's easy to be on a podcast or do a show and talk about all this stuff, but off stage or off mic, I'm, I'm relatively shy. And I guess I was not that way as a kid for Mm. some reason. I think I got all of that carpe dieming out of my system so much so that to me, like Seizing the day is just, oh, I can sit on the couch and relax. Oh, yeah. I know. I get that big time. What uh, Did you have a group of friends who were sort of, were you like, you know, no, I'm picturing some sort of stand by me situation where you find a body on the tracks. But <laughs> I think we wanted that. <laughs> I had a few, yeah, a few different group friend groups throughout the years. And we were always out doing stupid things. I mean, just the same old stupid things everybody does. But yeah, I mean, we were, we were out there I want you to give examples that are far beyond anything that anyone would oh, God, I'm trying to think of something in college especially I'm sure we would have done something were you like pranking kind of probably stuff? Like gentle pranks gentle pranks yeah um well I, w- I would run a craps table out of my dorm room for a little while <laughs> sure I built a little craps look table. you're a you're a bookie is that a thing but I don't or think I even knew how to really play uh-huh. craps <laughs> I just knew how to build like a felt craps table Uh and that was more exciting to me. And the thought of having a function in my dorm room that was slightly uh, out of the rules, you know, sounded good to me. But I think we'd we'd play blackjack. I know we knew all how to play blackjack, but yeah, I think the basics of craps were there, but 
that was <laughs> I don't think I've ever played craps. Yeah, I'm not sure I have either. <laughs> I, be, but I think I've uh, decided against it just based on name alone. Fair enough. It's, it's supposed to be the, uh, the one standards. with the best odds. It is supposed to be better yeah. than blackjack? Yeah. Uh-huh. What is that? You roll dice? I feel you like do, I yeah. guess that's what I've seen. I guess I've seen so many fictitious crabs games in like James Bond movies right. at all that I imagine that what you do is walk up. S- someone has like a thing where they take a stick and put chips on something yeah. and then you take two dice and you roll, you blow on them. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. You have, sure. you have a hot lady do that. Yeah. And then you roll them. Natalie Wood's rich. sister will do it. Yeah. And she's in bond. Doing it. Yeah. I think you can make it as simple as easy as you want. You can roll the dice and there's a few rules as to what you roll, but you can also play other people's roles. You know, you can oh, right, bet right, on right, them. Right, right, so right. that's why there's always a big crowd because people are often betting on the current role. Yeah. Shooter, I guess. Whoever's hot. New shooter hot. coming out. <laughs> Did you, when, do you, like, was that something that came along with this idea of that sort of going away to, because you were living in a dorm, as you said, yeah. that sort of going away to school where you suddenly feel like maybe you're grown up, but you aren't, but yeah. it feels the most like that that you've ever felt. To me, that seems like like a, like gambling, which was not something that... <laughs> ever even entered into my world in any kind of a way until much later i guess and of course now i'm a gambling addict no um (laughs) i've still never i've just never really taken to it but um but that to me seems like a thing that would be one of the first things that a young person would be like guess what guys we're grown-ups we can gamble that's probably right in fact i remember in high school three of us drove to las vegas we were 18 and my friend was crazy. He sped the whole way there. I want to say we got there in like three hours uh-huh. or something. Drank Jolt Cola. <laughs> and then I had this run at a blackjack table at a really shitty casino that didn't check my ID. It was my only first time gambling up until that point. I think I did really well at blackjack. I had read a book or something uh-huh. and have never done as well since. And I think I thought, oh, then this is my thing or something. But yeah i guess and then we <laughs> then we came home at like se- 7 a.m the next morning mm-hmm. we we did it all in less than 24 hours God, you really peaked early i feel I, so sorry that's true for you. that's true in a way and i i was so enamored with this american dream of like living your fantasies and and honestly dead poet society did a lot for me for sure. that like in probably in a bad way because i think it set me up to think you know, whatever that 50s Leave it to Beaver thing was, I didn't really fully believe in. But then there was this Dead Poets Society of like, you can make your dream come true, which in a way is true. Because at the time I was doing all of that strange carpe diem stuff and believing that it was magical in a way. Yeah. But you obviously you grow out of that. And then the simpler things are what matter. And you don't realize that at the time. And so it served its purpose at the time. But I have none of that. left, <laughs> Almost a sadness that I don't, you know, I understand that yeah do you, uh what about girls when you were in high school if you were a, if you were a, a little pew a little guy yeah. were you was that something that you still were you still dating i mean listen i had friends who were you know five feet who were just like big man on campus oh i was so. none of that i yeah. i was very let's see like socially i was very keyed into a lot of different groups and got along and like really had a fun social life but uh no it took a while because it wasn't even like i was down on myself self-confidence wise i just didn't even think of it as a factor i just because so girls were always like oh god i love you you're my little brother and so i never assumed any girl would be interested and then when i got a little 
older, I guess, and it would happen, I still wouldn't. So I would just let things go by me. It's, they mm-hmm. had to make the first move because I wasn't being hard to get. I just didn't know. Yeah. Then when I got to college, nobody even knew that I was once short. Yeah. And then I had some attention from girls. I just like it went right past <laughs> me. And I was always, you know, like, I don't want this to sound the right way, but I was probably always shooting outside under my weight limit uh-huh. because I just didn't know better. You yeah. Know? And then it took me a long time. <laughs> <laughs> to be like I've earned this or or felt like yeah or to even I've just always been very um passive in that sense not like I don't know and then it was so interesting that that dichotomy of being this the and it's I think very common but that idea of sort of being the attention seeker or being funny and being take you know doing pranks or yeah. like kind of being an extrovert in that way and that not trans like the idea that there's just this invisible barrier that's like that clangs down before yeah. whoever you would be interested in you can reach that place <laughs> is so interesting and i'm sure that whatever humor sense of humor i developed was purely to attract girls like that was i knew from an early age like this is the only way i'm gonna get attention i'm not what I consider growing up in this this high school and stuff, it very much was like if you're the quarterback, you get the girl and that sort of thing. But it wasn't like a like you see in a movie. It wasn't a horrible thing. The like quarterbacks you were weren't jerks. In a garbage or yeah. a locker. I, no, I had a good time. I just assumed that's what it was, and I think I was wrong. And then I honestly think maybe Amanda was about the first girl that I actively pursued. Where I and it took me. I was probably what thirty eight at uh-huh. the time. Like, <laughs> To finally go, all right, I think I know how you to at there. least directly approach yeah. someone. And <laughs> yeah, that's that's a long time, Matt. I know. Hang on just a sec. This is like a really weird thing uh, to say, and, 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 and I love you and Amanda, and I would never want to make anyone feel weird, but I'm going to say it anyway, which is that um, you and I both had relationships that ended around the same time, and that's our right. mutual friend, I don't know if he said anything to you, but he was like, I want you to date. Chris Holman? No, no, it was Acker. Wait, no, I don't think I Acker knew that. was like, I think you should date Mac Orley. I can't remember if he yeah. approached me. Maybe I have my names mixed up. It was oh my de- God, that's was, right. And I was already was in a relationship Acker. with Amanda. And I, you what? I was already in a relationship I don't, with Amanda. Then think, I didn't know about this. Oh yeah, no, this was like, we both had pretty freshly broken up because that's the only reason I didn't do anything. I mean, that, that's just, again, yeah. I love Amanda. I'm yeah, delighted that you were married. Yes. None of that. But, uh, but that was, that, that, that was a period of time when I was like, I think I was like, based on what you're telling me and based on my own personal status, I feel like it is way too soon for either of us to be I dating I may not have even anybody. heard that. Yeah. Because I remember something like that after I was already dating Amanda. But that's funny that, no, I don't remember it's that It's never too all. late. I could marry you both. That's right. I could marry you both we'll, we'll, tomorrow. We'll, we'll reopen I Vicky's think, Toy Town. That- <laughs> Please. Oh, my God. <laughs> It does make a weird kind of circular sense. Yeah. Could I see myself living as a weird, like, gray-haired woman owning a toy shop with filled with secrets? Possibly. I, For my part in this, I could do this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Reopening that place. I'd have to rebuild the whole mall. Vicky's. Vicky's Toy Yeah, turn. you can't have it. You have to put it in context. Yeah. No toy stores exist anymore unless they're like boutique toy stores in Solvang or something. Like you the- know what? There's that's that I think is what people respond to so much in, I will say, communities like Los Angeles, which of course is a bunch of micro communities, is that people do. There's this idea that um, I don't feel like I'm saying anything new, but I'm going to say it anyway. There's this idea that people who live outside of LA think that um, 
and this is all of this is a gross overstatement as well. But there's this idea like, oh, if I would never choose to live in L.A. because people who want to live in L.A. want to live like this fast city oh, right, life where right. you just live in your car and you never yeah. talk to another person and all that. Yeah. And then when you live here and you've lived here for a little while, you realize that everyone here, with few exceptions, is exactly like everyone everywhere else. And so a lot of the time people really do seek out those areas and people do become wildly loyal to the pockets that they live in because it feels like a small town on any level. It's like, this is where I get my, you know, groceries. This is where I get my dry cleaning. This is our little bookstore. And so, um, when I think of being sort of drawn to a neighborhood like Larchmont or a neighborhood like, um, whatever that's called on uh, Honolulu street in the Valley, you know, that's like, not the Valley, but like in Glendale. You know, Honolulu, it's like a, there's a little tiny bowling alley. It's like a three-lane bowling alley. Oh. You know what I'm talking wait, about? Wait, I think so. The the one on like Brand Street, that area? No, no. This is further, this is further north. This is more towards uh, uh, La Cañada. Oh. It's, like- it's, I know it's Honolulu Street, but the, but the pocket is not called honolulu okay. it's called something else wow. i'm sure anybody who lives in this area is angry right now that i know, we don't know what i it should is. know that but it's a really cute it's very old timey in its way there's yeah. like you know the a, a dress shop that's like mildred's dress shop and it looks like she's wearing a house coat <sighs> from the 50s yeah. but then across the street is a starbucks and a color me mine yeah. you know yeah. um but but people gravitate towards that stuff because we do still want to have that neighborhood toy shop. And so I there's agree. one in Larchmont that I always look at and think Is like, there? they're doing it. Yeah. Oh, I should go like little Fisher that. price toys. Oh and it's God. not like, to me, it doesn't come off in any way as a, you know, there are some areas in Los Angeles that do feel like the kind of upper white class version of like, we've got our own small town yeah. and these toys are all $700 a yeah. piece. This one legitimately seems like it's just like, here's these Legos and, you know, here's these little like generic Legos. That, do you, you ever know. go to Montrose? Do you know? That's what I'm talking about. Oh, that's about. what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Montrose. Okay. Yeah. Montrose is Honolulu yeah. Street. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That's yeah, exactly, what, exactly I'm what I'm talking about. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's why I think... Amanda and I moved out of LA County slightly. Just, I think we both grew up in this just slightly detached neighborhood near. She grew up in Long Beach near. I would reference like, the Amanda Lund all, episode. For what's that? You. I, oh, well, that's right. Yeah. 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 So you can, yeah. Right. Um, I think that's what it is. We both have this familiarity that we need to check back in with everyone Absolutely. in the suburbs or something. It's weird because suburbs is a bad word to a lot of people. And right. I even check myself a little bit before I say it, but then I think, no, wait, I can't like, that's what I was raised in and whether I like it or not, that's yeah. definitely, I think I, I'm probably realizing this right now on your podcast, Janet. That's probably where I'm most comfortable in the suburbs or the country. I think I'm not a city guy at all. And yeah. so, well, I know that you don't like anybody who's not white. So that's, well, that's, the, really, that's, so that's the main what you worry reason. about. Yeah. You worry that when you say that, someone will make the assumption that that means you're not comfortable Absolutely. with any sort of like ethnic diversity. I would be, I'm, I feel like I've lived in suburbs that were non-white, but they were still outside of the sort of hustle and bustle, you yeah. know? And I think it's that it's the space <laughs> and the sort of community of it that is more appealing than any sort of like racial fear. A racial joke for that. I was racist. Uh, I was making a racial joke that you were racist. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Well, let's, let's get that down on I don't know how you could have taken it any other way other than that you thought it was a hundred percent serious. But, but your explanation of it at the end got so serious that I thought, wait, did I mishear that? And cause I thought it was a joke at first, but then I heard you explain it and I started to believe it. <laughs> and now I'm racist. Oh yeah. my God. I, that's what I do on this podcast. <laughs> Bless you. Oh, my God. God. That was a real sneeze cliche, wasn't it? 
What do your seasonings sound like? Do they sound like? Uh, I usually, uh, they're kind of like, Rah! and then <laughs> someone will like say, bless you. And then I'll use the second sneeze to say, thank you. Like uh-huh. a, thank you. <laughs> <Or something. laughs> That's good. That almost sounds like you could punch through a board at a, uh, some sort of a karate school or something. Yeah. I feel like if I'm going to sneeze, I want to feel the full impact. I yeah. like sneezing. I like, it feels like you're like rebooting your hard drive or something. <laughs> and I, I want to feel it. In my whole body or something. I don't do know. you sneeze uh, multiple times or do you just sneeze I'm a, a two sneezer, sneeze? I think, yeah. Who is it? Someone in our sort of thrilling adventure that world familiar. has in a series of, of intense... Sneezers. Yeah, it might be like Dinerstein or someone. That I just remember, right. I remember even possibly talking about it on some podcast or other where we were, we had to walk, when we were in New Zealand, we had to walk from one terminal to the other outside, uh-huh. super like that hangover of jet lag oh, where yeah. you, everything's sort of surreal. Oof. And someone had a sneeze attack and it was... It became like like those 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 jokes on like Family Guy or The Simpsons where it's, it goes on for so long it stops being funny and it's yeah. just annoying and then it goes and, and then it starts becoming funny again. It took such a long time the sneezing attack that we went through like all the emotions. We had all the responses to it. It was crazy. Medical concern. Yeah, sure. Feeling like someone was like yelling something, but it was really just sneezes. You're trapped in another hemisphere. How is this going to happen? How is this going to play out? Yeah. It was very dramatic. I can't remember who it is. (laughs) That my, that my, yeah, my gut was Dinerstein. So that makes me think that probably it is. Could be. I feel like if it was like blacker, I would remember very specifically being like, (laughs) well, he's usually so quiet. What is happening right now with this crazy explosion? That's not untrue of Dinerstein either, but, um, uh, okay. So you, so this, this sort of expression of, uh, I mean, I feel like we would have been friends. I yeah. don't know. I feel like, no you doubt. know, no that, that that's probably something that that could have happened. Oh, I think especially knowing what I know of you now in high school, too, I think we would have been very similar types where we were probably pretty fun loving, but didn't assume we belonged in any particular social class or anything like that, but would do some weird things. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Sounds right. Which I guess I sort of still... F- feel like I'm yeah feel that's like, good you keep that i've lost it have you well i don't know that i feel like i'm the fun loving crazy wild person since i love being at home also oh yeah love it well maybe that's more what i am because yeah. i do like doing weird things a lot yeah but i, love I mean even home. just what you do but it isn't also some of it that i mean those outlets now are like weirdly part of your profession so i guess that's true that's, i think that you're is gonna true. go you you you're constantly doing stuff like you do so many different things they're just things that other people know about as entertainment uh, I think that on the grand scale. My... Like this classroom is life. Right. You're still it, the class clown. It almost entirely comprises my social life, though, with the occasional party here and there. Like, But it's hard for me to get out otherwise because I am such a homebody. That I, is the best thing about having a podcast or yeah. doing shows or something. Yeah. Because if you find a group of people or multiple groups of people that you like to be around and you're not necessarily a socially motivated person. Like someone like Acker is great at just going to everything. He He just does. He gets there. He sees it. He loves it. He's there because he wants to be there. And then I would say he is the exception to the rule. And most people uh, in our world are more like, you know, when we did this fake TED Talks thing at Sketchfest, um, somehow, I think it was Adam Savage's talk, somewhere in there he mentioned that, like, you know, the, the sort of understood thing now that, that the only thing that feels as good as 
having a plan to do something really fun with people you care about is having that plan fall through or canceling oh, that plan God, it's the best. where you feel like you've been given this free pass and oh. it has zero bearing on how you feel about the people. It's they're totally oh, not yeah. connected at Completely. all. It's There's... just a feeling almost of like school got canceled, but oh, I love God. school. So I don't know why I am okay with not going. I know. And even it's the such best a weird, project, yeah. if it's canceled, is still like, all right. Yeah. Because now your slate is free. It's like I love calling in sick to work. Yeah. There's nothing better than a day off when you expected to be at yeah. work. It's great. It's yeah. similar to the feeling of you think that you lost your wallet for a second and yeah. suddenly your entire world is shattered. Uh-huh. And then when you find your wallet, it your life is the best yeah. it's ever been. It's a grown-up snow day. It's, it's a grown-up the, snow day. Yeah, Absolutely. Great. And again, that is uh, feels a kind of a disgusting thing to say and feel given that i fully acknowledge that i get to do what i love for a living exactly yeah. so it's, why it's would that yeah why thing. would that feeling it does feel, that seems very ungrateful to go oh thank god i don't have to go do that show that other people would die to be in. i know that's uh, terrible uh, i should never have admitted it well well you, you have pure sympathy here i mean i'm yeah. exactly the same way and i bet most people are yeah honestly. do you feel like some of that has to do with i mean I think there are a couple of things that keep people from maybe having that same experience where it's, it's okay to not do something as it is okay to do something. Um, because I think that like the argument that we made by per- peripheral people in my life would say, okay, so that thing you, you didn't go to that thing and you had a great night and you didn't regret it. But if you had gone, you also know that you would have had a great time yeah. and you would have been glad yeah. you went. And so there's this sort of like leveling thing that happens with that where unless, but if you're a person who has fear of missing out, then you'll just go because you won't, it won't be comfortable for you not to go, which I totally understand and respect and kind of wish I had more of because uh, yeah, frankly, it'd probably be good that. for me to do more. I don't possess yeah. amounts of that. Yeah. Honest, and then yeah. the other one is just a general sense of regret. Like, oh, am I going to regret one way or the other? But I don't feel like if you're not a super regretful person, if you're just going to be sort of peaceful about whatever decision you make moving forward, then their extra is no reason. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm that push. way. I don't carry many regrets about that sort of thing nor am i the type of person that i feel like i sometimes should have this feeling of oh i've been invited to this or doing this show and this list of people will be there i should make every effort to but i just i i think sometimes i don't know maybe i have some social anxiety too i think that that's I do, part I of think it i think i do too that's why i respond so much better to game night scenarios Same or something here, like yeah. that where it feels like the expectation is not that I'm just going to go to a bar and drink and run out of things to say or something right. that, that, that if I, there's some sort of organization that it feels yeah. like a bar, especially is I'm basically, unless I have to be there, yeah. won't be there. A dark, loud bar where you can't see or hear anybody mm-hmm. and you're chatting with people. You barely know, trying to make small talk that you can't even get from one mouth to yeah. another ear because of yeah. the noise. I've never been able to wrap my head around that. Yeah. Even back in the day when I should have loved that in college, I hated it. So I would love to say it's an age thing, but I just, I think I I embrace your sound logic. I embrace your sound logic. And, but, and then my friends who love doing that, there's nothing about it that's described. Do I just roll my eyes at? I'm like, Oh my gosh, I wish I saw, I guess if I see that you have this relationship to that and I would love to also have that, but I don't. So I'm sort of envious of it, but I also am not spending too much time (laughs) trying to cultivate that or caring that much. As I'm sure someone who hates doing game nights would be like, ugh, why do you need a structure? Why do you need structure to your social? And like, that sounds like work to me. (laughs) How dare you? You can't just relax and just chit chat. You have to still use your brain and be challenged by puzzles. Uh, I like anything if it's, if it's a small group in a well-lit house. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know. I know you don't want to be dark. I know you don't want the best toys to be almost inaccessible. <laughs> nice. It's a nice, safe, clean uh, environment. I think the thing, maybe you feel this too, is that compounds it is I've always possessed this not this lo- I don't have a love to go out unless it's like the right circumstances but then once you get like a home life that you are happy with and content that does double time to make you not want to do it because oh, yeah. you're, you're going wait do this thing that I don't really love doing yeah. and I could stay home and just you know be in this comfortable place you this world you've created yeah. you know because I work hard to try to create I probably work too hard to create a comfortable home life both relationship personal wise and just the surroundings it's something that means the most to me and i think it inhibits me going out sometimes i create too warm a nest that i don't want to leave it I it's too comfortable not could not really i more. agree though i see could your home and i would more. think like if i lived here it would be really hard to go out <laughs> it's not just how it's a really nice place but it's just very comfortable it's personal to you i could see where this is a major safe place and that's <laughs> That's what our house is too, and it it's totally like is. I'm clearly building like a comfort fortress. That yeah, this is in our some fort. Ways... This is a wonderful, cushiony fort. Yeah, it's not particularly intimidating on the inside or outside for the fort that it is, but it's definitely a place where I mean, is that? Do you feel like you have tender feelings about work? Because I know that for me, there is this sort of sense of like. I don't know what I think I'm protecting myself from because I've been very lucky, but but any sort of a bad stinging feeling, I still, like, I smart. You know, I don't, oh. I'm not this person who's like, listen, the whole world can hate me and I don't give a shit. No, There's yeah. st- and so I wonder if part of that is the sort of like, this this is this bubble where, you mm. know, I can kind of question. recover from that or, or, you know, feel like that's not going to get me. I don't know. I mean, I don't feel I don't like know. I'm that scared of a person, but I do know that, like, you know, if I go out and pitch something and three people in a row say no, it feels really good to come home <laughs> yes, and yes. be like, "I'm gr- look at my great stuff yeah. and my great pets and but well, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm going to tool around in the garden." Yeah. That's my life doesn't revolve around someone else's rejection of if me. If you know you have that to go back to, it's very comforting. Yeah. I'm not someone that um I guess I also struggle with the fact of whether I'm even in this business or not in the first place because I'm half in and half out. Um but it on the like quote unquote legitimate side of things, rejections or stings don't bother me because they seem so far away. But I think personal projects, if something like didn't go well with that, it would probably hurt more or something. I don't know. But I think for me, it's more probably anxiety or social anxiety that I do not have day to day. But for some reason, a Friday and a Saturday night having to go out I just love staying home on a Friday or a oh Saturday. Oh my God, so I do I. I but that's it. the other great thing about often what we do is that if, you, if you're not showing up at 8 o'clock in the morning to an office every day, that timeline loses it meaning does. and structure it in a really way does. that you really do start to love. Like, God, I love going to the movies on a Wednesday oh, because, yeah. you know, I know that I'm not going to be surrounded by a bunch of people. Yeah. I went to The Cure last night. Oh, oh that's right. Which was super fun. Yeah, yeah, super, super fun. And, uh, but like, they played 
well, I mean, they played like four encores, which April has, uh, she already had looked up the night before me. She's very on top Is of stuff April like that. Richardson? April Richardson. Yeah. And she definitely was like, dude, I looked up what the set list was last night. Like she's the person who's going, has the enthusiasm to do that. And she was like, I think they played like three hours. They played four encores. Oh, no, I was like, all right, that's nervous. good to know. That's what I have to expect. Oh, no. And then, and which was, and they fucking killed it by the way. Uh-huh. Um, just killed it like i was like oh this is rock like on some level i've sort of tucked it into this place where it's like precious to me and it's this and it represents this part of my life and i don't always listen to the cure ad because it's so connected to a very specific point it's like an immediate voyage to that place of my you know youth but they just tore it up (laughs) i was like god they're like rocking right now this is okay um but Somewhere into the third encore, when everyone was still there, but like every once in a while, someone would sort of creep away. I turned to her and said, okay, I just need a voice that I have just hit the part of the night where I realize what leaving is going to be like, and I'm dreading it. Because that feeling afterwards, like of just sort of being sandwiched between people and Mm -hmm. like shuffling and feeling like there's no way past this, but to just stay in this horde until a certain point where you can breathe again is one of my least favorite feelings really? in the world. Oh, it's just awful. So it's actually like a physical thing for you. In yeah. Some sense. Yeah. It's claustrophobic. I get more of a social mental thing. That's funny. But there's also just, yeah, just the hum of people and activity and this and that. It just, it becomes like overstimulating, which is weird because here you're sitting in the seat with lights and music blaring at you. That should be be hyper stimulating. (laughs) But instead it's just the quiet, like, (laughs) like a drunk person stumbles into you that I'm like, I can't do this right now. I definitely see what you're saying. It's funny because I, even the best concert in the world about is always, uh, I don't know, a third too long for me. Yeah. I'm always just, I thought I would feel that way last night. I think somehow um, being with somebody who is, so enthusiastic about it and i had taken her for as a late birthday present i had bought the tickets and sort of splurged on like you know really good seats in a little box and because i knew if they like when you have that friend who's just the enthusiasm is there yeah you're like oh this is going to be money well spent just for the experience of like i knew she was going to totally appreciate it and be very vocal about it this is a very selfish choice on my part (laughs) because she was like this is awesome where was the concert it was at the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, it was great. Wow. Oh, it was that great. Must have been amazing. It's a, yeah. such a magical place to yeah. see stuff. Yeah. And so um so that sort of carried me through. It was like, oh, I can't be this person that's like, maybe we can just slip I out. Know. Like you can't take <laughs> someone as a gift and then be like, listen, no. why don't we go ahead and just get <laughs> no, out of here can't. right now? I know. And but and so it wasn't even like I I didn't feel like I was making a concession as it was happening. I honestly was like, I'm okay with this until that moment. And then she said, Well, we can just sit here and wait till most of it clears. And I thought, oh, that's the difference between us. I'm a sneak out early and she's a I will stay till the bitter end. And even if I want to avoid that crowd the answer is to just stay and hang out a little longer so what'd you guys do we stayed that's probably yeah we waited we waited till emptied out and uh it was still awful but (laughs) it's not like she was like this is great you know it's not like she was like i love surfing (laughs) through the crowd like this you know of course she was like yeah this is awful but it's totally worth it (laughs) but it's definitely it was it was a real sea of people and that was that is that is the kind of thing that if i don't have someone right next to me going let's do it anyway mm-hmm. i that that could have like having the accurate memory of those moments 
sometimes overshadow whatever the positive experience is in between. And that oh, in and wow. of itself would be enough for me to be like, eh, I don't have to go see him. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll just stay home and listen to him. I won't have to deal with that throng at the end. Right, but right. Janet, what about the three hours in between where you're just having a great time? Like, <laughs> no recollection. Yeah, yeah, I know, but you know what I mean? So it's good to have somebody who's more of the, yeah, you know, the person who's like, no, we're going to do it. We're yeah. going to do it. That's, you know, that, that, that's important to them. Yeah. And yeah. now I'm seeing another show tonight and what are you, what are you doing two things in a row is like, Whoa, un, unknown, it's an unknown quantity for what me. What are you seeing? Frightened Rabbit. Who's Frightened? I don't know Frightened Rabbit. Frightened Rabbit is a Scottish band that I love so much. Um, Will you be the person there this time going, come on, we can do this, we can do this? It's hard to say. Yeah. Because even, even being there and knowing it's going to be great, I think the control freak in me is like, I can control my experience all the way up until leaving before the last song yeah. because I can have all of this and avoid that. So and you're so trying to guess what I would still, song. yeah, I would still potentially be the person that's like okay i've seen 79 percent of this show and now i have the option of leaving before it but it's a small place it's at the henry fonda oh that's good so that's an easy people <laughs> like getting out of there it's easy i have a like fair amount of completist in me so even though i'm done with the show three quarters in i'm like well i gotta see it through to the right. end and so i'm just saying i'm like <laughs> yeah. ready to go that last are third. you a person that would then sit in a movie you thought was terrible all the way to the end because you needed to just see it through not anymore and you know what because I love walking out of a show movie that did that that I watched all the way through to the end, the famous show that took place on an island, <laughs> and I thought I'll stick with. God, this. I wish that you had given me the option of betting three thousand dollars on what that show would, would be. Would you have gotten it before you even yeah. got to the island part? No yeah. offense to anybody that was involved with that, but it was one where I just was ultimately like that asked a lot of me. Yeah. <laughs> give me anything and so i vowed never to do that again and Good. now i'll bail on shows if they're not working for me but there was a point yeah where if i started one i thought oh, I, there must have been a reason i wanted to watch this in the first place yeah. and i was always like it's it's me not them it was yeah. probably the same thing i was doing with girls in high school uh-huh. you know? and now i'm ready to just just be honest and direct with shows that this I watch. isn't working i gotta yeah. break up with a show yeah. i just have to that's right i really get it i can't believe I, this is i would have long started this mash game uh if i time. know one second though because i oh yeah i also i think it's led me to stick with things that i w- would have otherwise bailed on like everybody hated season two of true detective and for some reason i am the only person in the world that loved that show yeah and i was just comfortable enough in my own skin to go i love this and i'm gonna watch it yeah and i don't know why that's it. That's all I had to say. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. I'm glad we got the shout out to True Detective in there. I don't feel like I I I know what you're talking about in terms of everyone being like, what was that? Yeah. That wasn't even the same show. But I my relationship to the arc of the first True Detective series was that I was left feeling like, well, there's a lot of great meat in there, but I can't. I wouldn't Didn't say this you. was yeah. you know so phenomenal that it couldn't be matched by its second season. Second season was totally different. It was yeah. interesting to me. They they're the same like to me the level of enthusiasm i have for them is not enormous yeah but i'm glad i watched them i thought they were really interesting yeah to each their own to each their own tuning to each their own tuning teach their own tuning tv tuning super super (laughs) technology specific or tuning that's like a thing oh my god this is a very obscure reference i was gonna say what else is tuning tuning is like a, a a thing and it's from the um, that movie that uh, Rufus Sewell is in, Dark City. Oh, Did you ever see that? No. 
I know wow. the movie, but I've never seen it. The, is it Keith Sutherland in that? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's a strange movie. I would see that. Yeah, that looks. It's the 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 weird men that are all white faced yeah. who wear weird hats. Yeah. they do a thing called tuning. Oh, that is well, very that's what I meant. weird. That's definitely what I meant. Yeah, yeah. You'll be. It's a very. It's a. It's a very different meaning when you see that okay, movie. You'll I'll be check like, that out. is that what I meant? <laughs> Okay, let's get into this match game. Okay, I'm excited. Um, okay, first category is this is I'm only I'm gonna just be relentless and ruthless with you because you're such a great improviser that you you'll just come up with stuff that's off the top of your head. These might be the worst categories in the world. Congratulations. Three three pranks that you wish you could pull that don't have any real ramifications, but that could be as sort of like that could be as that could prank you can you can interpret prank as as large or small as you want. It could be like a giant okay. like jewel heist or it could be just a tiny thing that always makes you laugh that you wouldn't do now because you feel bad. Oh, Three. Man. Okay. Okay, I'm just going to go off the top of my head. Great. I would love for Amanda to be able to come home one day and I'm just stuck to the ceiling <laughs> see how long it takes before she recognizes that. Okay, great. Which she won't because she right. just... I will set things up as jokes or do something like stare at her for a long time and she just will never see it. Yeah. So I would be up on that ceiling. This is a horrible idea because I would be <laughs> stuck up on that ceiling forever. Nope. Forever. Not in this world. In this world, it's genius. Okay. Great. Um, hmm. What came up for me, by the way, on this was that I never, I don't think I ever TB'd anyone because I was, I felt so bad because I knew what a pain it was to clean up the next day. But that, the, the idea of flinging toilet paper through the trees of someone's house is extremely appealing. We just got toilet paper. Did you really? Yeah. It and I, we do mean. not know who it is. And I, it was like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm angry that we got toilet paper or I'm, uh, this is great. We got toilet right. paper. I was right in the middle where I was like sober, just like, oh, I've hit that stage of life where I don't toilet paper anymore. I get toilet paper. Yeah. Or I think it was Amanda because it was her birthday that it happened. So, but we don't know who it was. Oh, wow. Yeah. God. You so bastards. someone, so you're too old to, to toilet paper, but someone adjacent to you may have toilet papered. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Or is it completely random it and be. we just want to feel like things are about us? So you I found like so. you tried to solve it the mystery be. that was unsolvable. The only clue is that there was a 40 ounce of Miller Lite <laughs> empty in the lawn. <laughs> so it was a trucker? I don't know. Uh huh. I think that's no and you can get to the bottom of it. Well, first of all, you didn't have it uh, checked for prints. So you really that's didn't true. do your due diligence. Okay. You're stuck to the ceiling. Two more. <laughs> that's so stupid. Okay. <laughs> you um, really embrace it. That I could make these are all home based. <laughs> such a home buddy that I could make Margot speak English to Amanda Great. and freak her out. All of these are to scare Amanda. This is hilarious. Perfect. Um, and then, huh? Hmm. Um, boy, I'm not a prankster by trade. So, God. I know. Well, that's because you peaked early. I know. Now I'm forcing you to try to revisit your past glories. <laughs> I think that Amanda would turn on the TV and I'm just the newscaster. <laughs> it's all home-based pranks. This is all I, I can't even think outside of my house anymore. God, this is so satisfying for that reason. <laughs> if nothing else. Okay, next category. <laughs> 
Next category is you you have to live in three places that are not your home. And in fact, they're not anyone else's home. Oh, this is awful. It's like you have to live in Vicky's toys or you have to live. It, it's it's your vacation home is um, the, the, the punishment that I'm putting on you is that it can't be a house. It has to be some other thing that, okay. you, that you would be living in. Oh, wow. Anywhere. It could be even a fictitious oh. place from like movies. Okay. I would... But it can't be a house of any kind. But it can't be a house. Shit. It can be a business. It can be... Okay. Oh, man. Um, But the Ewok Village doesn't count, right? Because it's a little bunch of little houses. <sighs> I'm going to let you do it. Okay, thanks. Um, I'm letting you do it because I think after a while, you'd still suffer through how low the doorways are. You're right. Okay, wait. I'm going to find a loophole here. Okay, all it's right. It's a business, all right. but it's, it was a house, but it's no okay, longer a house okay. and it's a business. The Gamble right. House in Pasadena. That okay, all right. Oh, nice. Clever. And then, um, uh, well, let's say Vicky's Toy Town. Great. Good old... Who was Vicky? <laughs> Which one of you is Vicky? What if his exist? name was Victor and he was like, I go by Vicky. I'm not proud of it, but... Because then he had no right to be so mean. I know. Yeah. God, I wish I knew what their story was. Haunted. Mm-hmm. Um, three, speaking of, three uh, scary movies in which you can jump into the movie and wield some sort of power that saves the day. Oh, okay. Well, Halloween, for sure. Yep. Aliens. Mm-hmm. And I'll go with Friday the 13th, part four. Oh my, what, what's the fourth? That was the one where there was like a kid, it was Corey Feldman, he was being attacked, I was that age, so I have the most connection to the fear of it. Yeah. Plus it's like did one of the best Did he die or did ones. he live? No, he, he shaved Is this like head. Dream Warriors? That's the third Friday, yeah. uh, that's the third Nightmare on Elm Street. I, I don't which know. Which is a small obsession of mine. Really? Yeah, because that's the one where it's a mental institution. Oh, right. And Patricia Arquette's there yeah. and like a bunch of other people are there and they all kind of band together and fight back and use their dreams That's lucidly right. to create superpowers for themselves. Now it works kind out of. very poorly for all of them, <laughs> except for the one who survives, but so satisfying. Well, Corey Feldman makes himself up to look like Jason as a kid. So yeah. he kind of like, um, stuns Jason and stops him in his tracks. And it's well, isn't eerie. that, that's sort of the, that's sort of the, the game that I always played even as a child in my head, which was like, is there a way to outsmart this, evil creature like is there a way to do something besides run away i think is like what i was really i felt like i needed to solve all the time in my head and they do that a few times in that franchise like one woman tries to make him think she's his mother yeah yeah they do that in um, dreamscape too that's how they defeat the guy who plays uh snake boy (laughs) snake man who was once i'm sure a snake boy who needed his mommy which is what they capitalize on next category is three foods uh i guess or drinks that um are not great for you to have on a regular basis oh, in this life problem in life but, already yeah but bean like and cheese burritos bean and cheese okay great that's my biggest weakness um cookies particular kind or just just cookies you're a cookie lover i mean there are very few cookies i don't like of course i have favorites but and then um craft macaroni and cheese got it yep that just makes good sense yeah. all right i gotta get this out of the way all due respect to your beautiful wife sure whom i adore yeah 
uh, three ladies. It could be ladies from fiction. Could be a movie character. It doesn't have to be like a celebrity person uh, that uh, in this alternate universe you have maybe some sexy times with or right. sort of this alternate universe uh, partner. Well, this is fair because this came up at her birthday celebration recently where all the people had to go around and say they had their two celebrity crushes. So, oh, okay. So this is already and out. And she's done my say. podcast, which means that's that right. she covered yeah, this. Yeah, that's right. She did this. She betrayed I'm me first. I'm trying to remember who they were. I, I have to Because I think I listened and I'm trying to remember who she said. If I know her, though, it would be... Who is her guy? Oh, Channing Tatum is one of them. Mm-hmm. Was he on? I guess he maybe I, was on there. I can't yeah. Remember. All right. So for me, Ava Green... Oh, yeah. Do you watch I get um, Penny Dreadful? No, I want to. You I'm get three. Saving it up. That movie, that show, which is more like a movie, uh, no one else could have done what she's doing. Really? No one oh, else could have done what she's doing. It's like it was made for her. She's and also amazing. just seems exhausting. Like yeah. she should win an Academy Award for that television show. <laughs> she's working real hard. I'll have to check it out. She's very great. Yeah. All right. Audrey Tattoo. Great. I always struggle with a third one. I, so those were the two that you said? The, well, I said we uh, we all did a third, mm-hmm. and I did a third one that really upset her. Oh, okay. All right. Not really, but... Yeah. And so I'm, I'm debating whether I should say that. She's just like, why her? Why? Like, I understand these two other amazing... Well, now women. we all have to know. All right. That's Michelle Williams. That For some reason, that really oh, bummed interesting. her out. Oh, yeah. Why? Interesting. Well, she's a little more sort of... Yeah, I don't know. Well, she's like an American little sort of pixie blonde. Yeah. I don't know why that was so funny. And every, we just all laughed so hard that that was the one that stuck in her craw. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I kind of make sense to me because I feel like if my partner named three people and two of them are wildly different for me and the last one was like not even close to me, but just like closer than yeah. the other two. Because if that you may just have been kept going down the line and you were like, and Angelina Jolie, it would be like, yeah. oh, okay, this is all just a, a bunch of mystery girls sure, who are all yeah. like sort of weirdly ethereal in their own weird way kind of thing. That may, that may have, been, have been it because I think she said something like, well, but that, but I mean, I'm basically that. And I was like, yes, but the, this isn't I'm choosing her over you. This is we were supposed to name three celebrities. That can't yeah. be the person that you're currently yeah, yeah with. And I, I think it. it was someone brought up her name and i went oh yeah i like her i like her and yeah yeah boy yeah. then it i caught what hell. about someone who's yeah the audrey tattoo ones what about do you ever have crushes on someone from like older movies yeah, like i do i definitely do there's this actress from the marx brothers film animal crackers named lillian roth that oh i love it you can it. put her down if you want I love for the it. third and then um who else like you know that classic- you've already named uh three i know audrey hepper <laughs> You just keep naming Sorry. women. Amanda, it was weird. The last six categories were all women. I don't know. It just, he wouldn't be, he couldn't be stopped. <laughs> Most of these women are rotting in their graves, by the way. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. Um, I'll put Lillian Roth as my third, okay. my official third. Okay, great. Okay, next category is three. Uh, let's do three. I guess I sort of did a movie thing that you could jump into. Um, let's do three. Uh, Three firsts, three things that you wish you could do again for the first time, either because it was so awesome the first time that uh-huh. you, you, you would wish it. to relive that adrenaline or whatever, or uh, a thing that you're like, yeah, you know what? I would rather my first time at this be slightly better. Or Let different. me lie on the couch for yeah, you. There it is, doctor. Yeah. Wait, why am I calling you doctor? Okay. <laughs> first. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. Huh. Hmm. Man. <laughs> this is tough. <laughs> Let me think good first. Uh, 
Like, I almost feel like I wish I could see Dead Poet Society for the first time, but it would it oh, involve yeah. time traveling. Like, yeah. I wouldn't want to be this person seeing it for the first time. I want to be, I just want to relive exactly the experience that okay, I had yeah. as a young person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it could be that kind of thing. Maybe, yeah, because that, I saw Star Wars in the theater, but I don't remember the experience. But I remember, for some reason, seeing Die Hard at home on VHS for the first time and just being blown away. Yeah. I'll take that one. Okay, great. Um, bad be so bad i wanted to um i i think the first two major breakups i had i would want to do again a to get out get it done with quicker for Mm -hmm. both people's sakes Mm -hmm. but also just to do it better Mm -hmm. and more more respectably Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. totally yeah i I think a lot of us have those yeah um, do you, are you, does that mean that I putting each one of those breakups as the two? Can we just do, do a general breakup category? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. That's what I was imagining. Okay. Um, and then I know there's something else if I had to do all over again. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, uh, I would have been a better big brother to my brother, Carrie. Oh, that's very noble. Do over. That's very sweet. Um, but seriously, I kind of hope we get diehard. Uh, listen, all due respect to this. Um, okay, next category is, um, th- let's say you have a, a, a very special guest on Super Ego who, for one reason or another, you 100% know will never happen. So it could be oh someone who's not alive anymore. It could be someone who doesn't speak English. It could be somebody who is so far from show business that they would never be on the show, but three okay. kind of fantasy guest stars. Three. Okay, so Meryl Streep. Great. See, to me, I want. I'm like now. I want to make that happen. That would be unbelievable. Um, Gene Wilder. Yeah. And then I guess maybe Amy Sedaris. Great. 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 I mean, His, uh, David Sedaris listens to Super Ego. You'd think that could happen. Maybe it will. I don't know. Maybe it will. David, could you come in here, please? Yes. I keep him in a little closet. It's wonderful. Uh, but not the kind of closet you might be thinking. Um, okay. And then final category. Oh, Matt. Final category. A lot of pressure on me. Three. Let's do three dream job kind of things. Like alternate universe. Okay. Not, you, you, all this still exists, but in this alternate universe, you have okay. these three other possibilities for careers. As, Ar- as uh, far-fetched as you want. I got them. Architect. Great. Musician or singer songwriter mm-hmm. and physicist. Ooh. Or what do you think that you would be doing as a physicist? That yeah, would be I'm exciting. Th- I, like, <laughs> not the math side of thing, but yeah. like, um, like maybe like a, uh, like a Neil deGrasse Tyson kind of, yeah, world? something yeah. like that, something fun or, or like, a um, astrobiologist or something like I'm fascinated by, organisms that could be living out in oh boy me too out me too yeah. i'll jump on that bandwagon it's probably a pretty small bandwagon <laughs> um uh okay tell me when to stop stop 
I was trying to create shapes that wouldn't be easily identifiable as if I think someone's going to cheat. <laughs> um, okay, uh, I'm going to pause this. I want to reassure you that to the listener, it will seem as if no time has passed. I am excited. Okay. I will come back with your 100% guaranteed okay. mash future. <laughs> uh, I promise not to give you any sort of prognosis that involves uh, lumps, growths. <laughs> Maybe personal growth. Okay, I'll take it. Uh, maybe. I said maybe. Okay. Now, I'm very, very pleased with your, with your results. Oh, good. With your test results. Um, you have anemia. Shit. No. Uh, okay. First of all, I want to congratulate you on... Um, <laughs> listen, here's what's going to happen. In a day not too far from today, Amanda is going to come home. <laughs> Please let me be stuck to the ceiling. You are not on the ceiling. Damn, okay. You might not even be there. But you know what? She's not going to be lonely because Margaret's going to open up her that's little good. cat that's mouth good. and start speaking English. Okay, good. So that's what's going to happen. Now, this I don't know where you are at this point. Are you uh, off uh, discovering life on other planets and uh, analyzing it and discussing it and bringing it to the world as the physicist that oh you are? Oh, my God, that's exciting. Quite possibly. Okay. Are you off being... A better big brother to carry? Uh-huh. Could be. That's nice. Giving him all the mac and cheese he can eat. Oh. That's what you have access to 24-7 at no detriment to your health whatsoever. Okay. Possibly. Are you battling Jason in oh. Friday the 13th part four? That sounds Which like- I had written down as Friday the 4th. And I was like, Friday the 4th? <laughs> that doesn't seem like a scary day at all uh, uh friday the 13th part four are you at your vacation home in vicky's toy store oh my god what's more harrowing jason or vicky's toy store i mean it's actually vicky's toy town vicky's toy say. town i apologize That's hilarious. to you and no yours. i'm you how would you have known that but i had to remind no myself. you no i did know that you meant you definitely said more than once it was vicky's toy town uh, <laughs> it's a whole it town, a town of toys I know. that's the most insulting part it's not a town there are aisles those oh, are man. the streets. Um, uh, or are you... Oh, by the way, the mansion apartment shack house is... Uh, you obviously still have a dwelling. So I'm going to say that your house is just a tiny dollhouse inside of uh, that, Vicky's yeah, that toy town. Okay. Um, and uh, Or are you uh, living in your alternate universe with Eva Green? Oh, that's a win. That would be my number one That's a win. Um, Next to Amanda. Yeah, I mean, this is just... And Margo, she's uh, my number two. Even she wouldn't like that. I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Very naggy sound I made. Uh, And then uh, this is the thing that, you know, listen, this could be uh, in in the imminent uh, future. The imminent future? Um, He's still alive. He may be a guest on your podcast. And his name is Gene Wilder. Oh, my God. God. That would be amazing. Yeah, he doesn't even do movies anymore. I know. Yeah, well, Super is not a movie. I bet you WTF has probably reached out to him at this point. I, I'm guessing they definitely if, have. If they can't get him. They got Obama. If they can't get Gene Wilder, we're not going to. You never know. <laughs> you never know. You're right. I'll see what I can do. Please. I'm devoting my life to it. Thank you. Um, Matt, thank you so much for doing the podcast. What a blast. I'm so excited to be a boy of summer. Oh, my. Oh, thank you for reminding me. As a boy of summer, you are legally required to sing whatever snippet of Don Henley's Boys of Summer that you can think of off the top of your head. I'm trying to think of the verses. I've frozen you in terror. Okay. Uh, Yeah, it's coming. I can see it. 
I don't know that because this is this song came out in a phase where I would have just put my own lyrics to everything, so it's gonna be like. <laughs> I want to welcome you to do that. This today. is where all the ball caps go after the boys of summer have gone. I can't even remember the tune now. This is. <laughs> this is where all the ball caps oh. go. <laughs> First of all, I know you said ball caps, but in my mind, you said bald caps. <laughs> After the boys of summer have gone. You're doing it. After the boys of summer have gone. This is why I don't do karaoke, because I can sing my own songs, but I can rarely ever (laughs) sing another person's song. Oh, my God. I was just doing this with Amanda the other day where we were singing All Time High. Do you know that song by Rita Coolidge? Like, we're in all time oh, high. Oh, yeah, because that was in Octopussy. Octopussy, that's right. So yeah. that's why it came up. I've seen that a million times. Oh, it was always it's on, on cable. cable. yeah. Yeah. And I, I love when oh, she like, tries... It was a sweet distraction for an hour to had no intention to do the things we've done. <laughs> See, the Bond songs I can sing because they've been in my yeah. life for so long. But she does this thing where she can't remember lyrics but doesn't stop anyway. And so yeah. it's like, what comes after that line? She goes, um, we're an all-time high. Can't take my hotel away. <laughs> That's very satisfying. Yeah. I can't wait to join this marriage. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think you've. I think you. You. You did it. You fulfilled your obligation. Thank God. Thank it, God. It, you singing the entire song would have been as good as you saying that this is where all the ball caps go. <laughs> <laughs> Change it, Henley. Uh, guys, I've talked about. Uh, I've talked about super ego, but um, but what are other some other things that people? Because again, I, you do a million things. Uh, that you would well, want to tell God, about. I have a podcast called "I Was There Too," where I talk mm-hmm. to people who had like small but significant roles in big movies, so they can. Kind of I'm give a really looking forward to talking about Catwoman with you. Oh, I know. That's right. We're going to do that. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, there's a thing that Mark McConville and I do called Pistol Shrimps Radio, which is a female basketball rec league that my fiance Amanda plays on, and we do play-by-play commentary on those games, even though we don't know anything about sports. So amazing. And that's probably enough. Those that's are great. Enough, yeah. And they can find you on uh, Twitter and stuff. That's at, right. At just my name. Yeah. yeah. At Matt Corley. Do not go to at my name, guys. Do not go to at my name. I can't be any more clear on that. Uh, Matt Corley, thank you so much. Thank you, Janet. Happy summer, everybody. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.